Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan. How's it going? Um, I'm a little sad, Amy. Why's that? You know where we should be right now. We should be in Orlando. We should be in Orlando. You should be wrapping up a, a couple of days as the Resolutions Committee liaison. Yes. Eating a convention center chicken and... That's Ham I would have expected. I would I would have expected nothing less. Although I might have snuck in a few snacks of my also, own. Also, you would have expected nothing more. <laughs> Correct. I would have expected nothing less and nothing more. Yeah. It's got. It has to be better than the chicken that I ate four times in Phoenix, though. So, you know, well, I, I mean, can I can dream. Yeah. But a yeah, girl can dream. Here, yeah. So we are supposed to be in Orlando right now. A lot of us, a lot of Southern Baptists, and then it would have been more in the next two days, but instead I'm here in Wake Forest. So it's Thanks, a, COVID. Just, a, just a very, very different time and, and a very hard season. We have a lot of things that um, are heavy for everyone to process. And in some ways, um, you know, coming together sort of allows us to process some of the things going on in the world together. And we can't this year. And that's, uh, that's, that's very difficult, but the work is still continuing. So exactly. The, the work of the SBC carries on without an annual meeting this year. And we're going to talk about how that's possible, uh, in just a minute, but, uh, we have some news from the ACP, Amy, that came out this week. We have our new ACP data and it shows that Southern Baptists have declined in everything but new churches. So baptisms down, small group attendance down, worship attendance down, membership down, churches up 74. This is obviously very disappointing news, you know, to to everyone as we process this. Now, I want to give full disclosure at the beginning of this conversation uh, that I probably should give this disclosure every year when we talk about this, that I did not do very well in my statistics class in college. And so, you know, I can usually handle our normal Lifeway research surveys, but when we really drill down into ACP, I kind of have to rely on on some others. So why don't you uh, break it down for us a little bit, Jonathan, just the, well, the few things that we can that we can see and some of the, the issues and questions involved. Yeah, I, I don't think any of this was a surprise because this is the 13th consecutive year of decline that we've seen in the ACP data. So I, I was not surprised by this. I was, you know, we all hope that things will turn around, especially that baptism number. That's the number that we really want to see turn around because that represents people coming to Christ. That's what we're here for, right? So that's the number that we all look for and look to maybe turn around. It's just not happening, though. Uh, it is in some states, and we'll, we'll talk about that in just a minute. But, you know, you look at the membership, and there's a lot of things that go into why the membership's down. Uh, one state did not even collect that data. So uh, it's it's not that they that was not included in here. They extrapolated out from the past data. But baptisms is one of those if people don't report them they don't, they're not included so those don't get brought forward or extrapolated out like some of the other data does but our church count is up which i think is a good thing attendance down i, I don't think anybody's surprised by that church attendance is down in almost every church uh, unless you're like really going and and growing but people are just coming less frequently so the average attendance in a church is down because people aren't showing up as often. And then let's not even get into the COVID-19 and the church shutdowns. And, and remember, this is 2019 data, does not include all of what's going on in 2020. 
That'll be in next year's data report. But uh, small group attendance also being down. Baptisms, unfortunately, down more than 10,000 again. So uh, down to 235,000 baptisms this year on 47,000 churches. So just under uh, six, you know, maybe five and a half baptisms per church uh, per year for the year. And that's reported baptisms. So again, on the reporting side of things, only 75% of Southern Baptist congregations participated by reporting at least one item on the profile which means that 25% did not report anything. So we have no giving data, no membership data, no uh, attendance, no small group attendance, no baptism data on 12,000 churches roughly, which that's a lot, Amy. A lot of churches with no data. Yes. So So, yeah. as a result of this, Dr. Floyd has called us to rethink and re-innovate the annual church profile process, something I could not echo more strongly. So I think it's it's time for us to, to look at this and really do our best to figure out how best to collect this data, how best to get this from the churches, what questions to ask, how to ask them, the, the whole thing. Put everything, let's, let's put everything on the table and see what we got. This is going to be interesting to sort of rethink this. Uh, like I said, I don't think you want to invite me into that conversation because um, that uh, bar- barely passed that statistics course, but... I do think a lot of people want to see a way to really get a clear picture of this. Now, that's not to say that, you know, a different way of doing it is going to show us, you know, an increase, things like that. I think we're still, we are still looking at a decline. The, the question is, is how can we do this in a way that gives us an even clearer picture so that we can communicate steps forward? Yeah. And, and a quicker one. I mean, it's, June the 5th, we're recording this, Amy. And we right. are just now getting the data for, you know, and it's just a lot that goes on in this to make this try to happen. And it's just, we, I just go back to Dr. Floyd's quote, in our high-tech world, our processes cannot have this much lag time. It simply cannot take this long and be this complicated. I would agree with him on that as well. So, yes, and I think everybody along the way in the process would say the same thing. They, yeah, yeah, it should be quicker. It should be easier for us to do this. So hopefully uh, we can get some people in a room and there can be a, a, a solution. So I, at least that's, that's my hope. So we did mention some highlights. Uh, there were some states, Colorado, Hawaii, Pacific, Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Northwest Convention, Puerto Rico, Utah, Idaho, all those out there outside of the traditional Bible Belt. They all reported more than a 30% increase in baptisms. The, the Northwest one was like something like 40%. Colorado was way up there. It had like a 600 uh, person increase in Colorado. I mean, just some great, great stories out there outside of the Bible Belt and doing great work in, you know, in those, those other state conventions. Uh, so that was exciting to see. And then Georgia on baptisms, 1,900 more baptisms last year than they did the previous year. So 19,000 baptisms, well, 19,641 in 2019 compared to 17,740. So Thomas Hammond, great job uh, to you and all the uh, Georgia Baptists out there uh, for that. I mean, just just phenomenal numbers. Yeah, so that's, that is very good news for them. And, um, you know, I look forward to see, seeing what is to come in this discussion about the ACP. Yeah. Yeah, and so all the stats are over in the story at Baptist Press. You can click to find that. And, uh, you know, we had some states that went up in the membership as well. Kentucky had 42,000 people added to their membership. That's basically like, what, one or two games at Rupp Arena? 
Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. That's 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 contextualizing, putting it in, you know, contextualized. Two games at Rep Arena. Basically they had uh added to their numbers in Kentucky. So uh congratulations up there to Todd Gray in his early tenure as the Kentucky State Convention exec. Also Hawaii Pacific, Iowa, Michigan. All those state conventions grew by more than 20% in 2019. So there are some bright spots. Even uh, amongst the decline, there are some bright spots. Just got to look for them. They're out there. And Southern Baptists are doing great work across the country. And it's good to see that reflected in those numbers. All right, we mentioned uh, that we're not in Orlando, Amy. But that doesn't stop us from updating people online. And we did that through the SBC Advance program on Tuesday. This was something we've been talking about for a few weeks now. Uh, it was a two-hour online event. Um, could not replace the annual meeting. There's uh, That's impossible no. to do. But it did give an opportunity for everyone to hear what was going on. I heard really good things about this. I enjoyed watching it and just kind of taking it all in. You know, we talked about it later that once it actually played, you and I had seen a lot of these videos. And so it was kind of, mm -hmm. it was, it was kind of an experience to Several sort times. of, yeah, to hear everybody else sort of reacting to it and, and stuff. And for us, it was just the same report, you know, we'd seen over and over as we were getting it ready. Uh, but putting it all together and letting everyone experience it where they were, uh, it, I think it was just a really good, it was a really good thing. And it did allow, at the very least, allow Southern Baptists to hear from their entities to know what is going on in these cooperative program ministries. Absolutely. So you can go back and watch that, sbcadvance.com. All of the videos are up over at sbcadvance.com. Every report, I, I highly recommend all of them. One video that really stood out for me was the one on a life given by the IMB. I think I even tweeted it out earlier in the week. Just a phenomenal piece of storytelling there, talking about the more than 300 missionaries who have given their life on the mission field. So I highly recommend you go check out the entire program. Uh, and especially that one from IMB. So uh, great job by all our entities getting those into us. Uh, that was a fun project to work on, and I I'm really pleased at, at how it turned out. So uh, we continue, Amy. Something that was addressed on the top of that show was the death of George Floyd. Uh, when we recorded last week's podcast, we didn't know it at the time, but a statement was coming, and it came on Saturday by Southern Baptist leaders signed by every entity head, every officer, and every state convention executive director. And it was referring to a uh, the killing of George Floyd. So a, a joint statement from all of our entity heads, state convention execs, and officers uh, that came out on Saturday. And then Dr. Floyd spoke to it again on Tuesday at the top of the advance show. So uh, walk us through the statement, Amy. This was a statement. It was co-authored by SBC President J.D. Greer and New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary President Jamie Dew. But then it was signed uh, unanimously by officers, as you said, entity heads and state convention executive directors. And it really just goes through uh, kind of a statement of grief about the death of George Floyd, who was killed in Minneapolis, Minnesota, May 25th. It talked through how... Well, all must grieve. We understand that in the hearts of our fellow citizens of color, incidents like these connect to a long history of unequal justice in our country, going back to uh, Jim Crow and slavery eras. Uh, it talks about just the horrific uh, information that we that we know. It did express thankfulness for law enforcement officers that 
are they risk their lives for the sake of others, but they but also lamenting when some use when some misuse their authority. And so just grieving for uh, the just grieving for that, you know, in itself and specifically for those who may be, you know, struggling. It talks about pray for his family and friends. We greatly desire to see the misuse of force and any, and any inequitable distributions of justice come to an end. Um, and so then it just kind of goes through talks about how the Bible speaks to justice and human dignity and, um, the, the desire to pray for local state and national leaders as they seek justice, calling them to act quickly and diligently to ensure that these situations are brought to an end. And then it says, as a people, Southern Baptists stand ready to help towards that end. Uh, so yes. that came out and over the weekend. We've seen that, by the way, this week. We've seen yes. Southern Baptists stepping up, helping toward that end this week. Yes. Yes, very much so. Uh, just in a lot of, in a lot of different ways we've seen. And this is, this is a very difficult time in our country right now. And, uh, Dr. Floyd addressed this as well in some remarks before SBC advance, you know, we came into that and that was a, a prepared two hours, you know, that, that all had been done, many of it taped even before this incident ever happened. And so we had put these things together and Dr. Floyd prepared some remarks the day before to put at the beginning of that and really address sort of the unrest everywhere in our country and that was part of sort of stepping up and leading out in that. Yeah. In that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, again, just uh, be sure to check out that statement right at the top of the SBC advance broadcast, as well as that statement released by Southern Baptist leaders. Amy, it's the first of the month. You know what that means? CP. It does. And it also means COVID because COVID-19 is impacting the cooperative program. We're down more than $1.5 million below budget this month, $14.8 million and change given through the cooperative program. Last year in May, $17.6 million was given through the cooperative program. This year, only 14.8. So we're seeing those, uh, we're seeing that impact of COVID-19 push down church giving and, and that being trickled down through the states to the national cooperative program allocation budget. So we continue to look at that. But the good news, I guess, Amy, is that the overall giving for the year is only down by 893,000 against the budget. So we've had two months impacted by COVID-19. We're only 0.68% below budget. So we, we have four months left in the budget year and our budget so far is 130. One million dollars, and we've given right over 130 million. So compared to budget, Amy, it's not that bad. We're right at the budget right. number, you know, almost flat. Particularly for the year. given so, what th- we so know. that's good. Yes. Yes. So we we do expect another month or two of really low giving through the cooperative program because churches not meeting, but as churches come back online as they have in May and more in June. We do expect that to return uh, to the normal giving amounts, hopefully. So uh, th- that's the hopeful side of things here. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, like I said, we have four months left in the budget year. So uh, once again, the budget for the year, $196.5 million. Right now, we're at $130 million of that total. So uh, say if we had four more months like this at $14 million a month, you know, that would put us somewhere in the 183, 184 million 
uh, for the budget year, which uh, wouldn't be too terribly bad considering all that's gone on with COVID-19. Down to New Orleans, speaking of budgets and the cooperative program, the trustees at New Orleans came back. We mentioned this when we talked about their trustee meeting uh, about a month and a half ago, uh, but they said they were going to come back on June the 2nd and uh, finalize their budget for 2021. And Amy, uh, tell us what they decided. They approved $21.55 million budget. That's about 9% less than in 2019-2020 last year and 10% less than their original budget proposal. So this was during their regularly scheduled meeting on Tuesday. They they have a meeting at the beginning of June. Um, they usually approve their budgets during the spring board meeting, but they had voted to delay until June so they could let the administrative team get some better data about the impact. So during that time, the cabinet worked to find ways to, to save costs, to reduce it, and came back with this budget proposal. Um, and so that's, uh, it sounds like, you know, the cabinet worked diligently for this and Jamie do, you know, commended their work during that, but that is, that's what they came up with. And then they also did just a couple of other things. They approved a new 50 hour advanced master of arts in philosophy degree. And that is, except for one course, it is completely made up of, of existing courses already. So it wasn't like this major, you know, development. It was just taking courses and saying, how can we do an MA in philosophy? So that was uh, an, an exciting announcement. And also they voted to change the name of the Master of Arts in Biblical Studies degree uh, in Biblical Backgrounds, that concentration, to Biblical Interpretation. And they approved the closure of some inactive church leadership certificate training sites. Well, thanks for that update down at New Orleans. Uh, you know, it's it's we're going to see a couple more of those. I think there's a couple more budgets that are waiting to be finalized as well as we move through these summer months. So we'll keep an eye out for those. Over to the IMB, Amy, where we, we talked a couple of weeks ago about the North American Mission Board's Ginseng Now online program. Well, IMB has done that as well with their stateside summer initiative. So the stateside summer initiative empower students to reach the nations without leaving the U.S. So every year, uh, students, college students from around the U.S. go overseas as part of the IMB for summer missions. Usually about 2,500 students plan to go overseas as part of what IMB does and the mobilization efforts that they have overseas. Well, this year, because of COVID-19, they can't go overseas, so they're doing it online. The Summer Stateside Initiative provides opportunities for students to learn in mission education, digital teams, missions mobilization, evangelism, ministry, and virtual events. So uh, just a, a neat way to be able to take that inability to be able to go overseas and do things online to still get people involved in mission. If you're interested in these mission opportunities and the Summer Stateside Initiative, you can find out more over at the IMB website. We'll link to the story. It's also linked in there over at Baptist Press. Now, finally, Amy, uh, some, some good news. Kind of a scare this week. Amy Grant, a uh, well-known CCM artist, she had open heart surgery on Wednesday. Yeah, I, I had just seen this, and there's a the small uh, story at Baptist Press update about this. So she had a condition called partial anomalous pulmonary venous return. I have no oh, idea what course. that is. Oh, uh, you don't yes. know what that is? I, I got no clue. I don't either. You're you're a lot smarter than it's me. It's probably something uh, so, with the veins, then the pulmonary vein, and and yeah. Yes, I, probably something like that. And it is anomalous. But 
Yes. Um, it it would have been a heart condition that she's had since birth, and it was discovered oh, during a routine checkup. So she is recovering now, but this is open heart surgery. I mean, that's pretty intense. Um, yes. And yeah. Okay. So so it's kind of a big of deal. Of course, the partial anomalous pulmonary venous return. It's a heart defect that's sometimes present at birth. One or two of the pulmonary veins of the heart drain blood into the right atrium instead of the left atrium. So there you go. Okay. Well, there you go. All right. Yeah. So, so it's good to know go. that she is recovering. And um, have you ever met her? I have not. I have not either. But I did one time stand in front of her. Her youngest child uh, was in a like a children's church with my kids when we lived there in Nashville and we were visiting a church. Of course, I didn't know that her child was in there until I was in line to pick up my kids and I just kind of turned around and realized that's Amy Grant behind me. I'm going to just play it cool here. That's, that's what you the do closest in Nashville. I've gotten. You play it cool. Yeah. Yep. It's we closest play it I've cool gotten. here in town. All right. Well, that's the news for this week. That's going to bring us to my favorite part of the week. This week in SBC history, Amy, blow our minds. Well, this is something, I'm going to go to 1989, something that we've been reflecting on in just world history this week. If you've seen some of the um, some of the news, thinking back to the Tiananmen Square crisis oh, in, yes. in Beijing. Yeah. So really, I don't have this sort of moment, you know, or this one little thing to talk about, except to say that in 89, the June 8th issue of Baptist Press is really like completely focused on that. You get to the end and there's maybe a, a couple of stories, but there's a story about two Southern Baptist students who, um, who had gotten to their Beijing hotel. They were trying to, you know, trying to get out. Um, they had, they were studying Chinese at the second foreign language institute there under the sponsorship of Cooperative Services International. That is, that was a Southern Baptist organization. There's also, uh, there was a group from Samford University that was on a study trip to Wuhu, China, and they were going to be coming home, you know, earlier than intended. Wuhu. Yep. Uh, as well as a story about a Chinese student at Southwestern Seminary in Fort Worth and who was really praying for his family there in Shanghai. And also a story about some Southern Baptist teachers that were sponsored by Cooperative Services International um, as well that they were trying to, you know, to get out to leave China. So just a very interesting issue of Baptist Press, the entire thing, reflecting on that event. And so we've been talking about it or or seeing it in the news this week, but this is sort of how it was being experienced by Southern Baptists. And so I just thought, I just thought that was, that was interesting. I like sometimes to tie in these world events with how the SBC was processing them. And so along with everyone else, uh, we were we we had people overseas in China this week in SBC history. Yeah, yeah, and we've we've seen a lot of human rights protests this week in SBC history as well. I mean, we we have several features on the website. We didn't really touch on them here on the podcast, uh, but there's a lot of features about pastors in the SBC and and around uh, protesting, being part of peaceful protests. We had one last week on Baptist Press and a couple this week. So, so do check those out over at Baptist Press. It kind of ties into exactly what you're talking about. These, these human rights protests. We saw them, you know, 31 years ago in Tiananmen Square in 89. And, and here we are seeing them in, you know, Washington Square and wherever it may be. 
So uh, a lot going on here. Uh, so I'm in downtown Nashville. I had a huge march uh, one day this week in downtown Nashville. So I uh, could see it from the office. It was, it was pretty spectacular. Uh, yeah. The size of that. It was, it was yeah. a lot of people. So it's been a rough week uh, for the country, uh, just as tensions are high. And uh, we need to be praying for uh, a peaceful resolution and, and for us to learn through this uh, moment in history. So right. that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is... For those who missed the SBC Advance online event live, you can go to the SBC Advance site now and you can see all the videos broken up by entity. So you can see the the updates from each uh, entity head and then you can also see their section of the book of reports. You can get the book of reports. So this, this is obviously, I mean, there's an official sort of book of reports that messengers get when they come in, but this is where the, the ones, the one that they would have received, that's available, the reports that were in that online in a digital format. And then you can also get them sort of by entity as well as audits, things like that. So you can go to the SBC advanced site just because the event is over doesn't mean the information is not there. So if you missed it, that's my resource. All right. Thanks, Amy. My resource of the week this week is the Ridgecrest family getaways. Have you seen this, Amy? I have. Okay. This is pretty cool. Because Ridgecrest doesn't have camps, which we've talked about, uh, and we may have talked about this last week on the podcast in a, in a news story, but uh, this is going to be my resource of the week because I'm really thinking about taking the family for this the week of July 4th. So we'll have to see about that. I'm not sure. We're we're still trying to nail down some uh, some details on this one because my family's too big, Amy. Um, yes. I'm having problems with that because we have four kids. So we're, we're having to deal with some uh, just minor details with the Ridgecrest folks and get all that sorted out. I think it's going to work out though. But so they have a thing where you can pay per night for a family of four and then you can add on other kids if you want to. And they're, they're like prorated or whatever. And it's all inclusive. So it's room, it's your meals, it's all the activities. They have the pool at Crest Ridge there. Uh, they have horseback riding, which I'm pretty pumped about. I know because Avery loves that. They have a trap shooting range. They have, you know, the snack shops. They got all the stuff that you would expect at Ridgecrest, all the ropes courses, everything like that. And it's all inclusive. So it's per night for a family. I think if you stay at Ridgecrest at the, the conference center in Mountain Laurel or one of the other places, it's like $3.99 a, a night for the family. And that includes everything for you. It includes all your food, all the games and activities, the the lake, everything. So uh, check that out if you're interested in that. Ridgecrest is easily accessible to a lot of Southern Baptists. Not a whole lot going on there this year because of the canceled camps. So uh, you've got a chance this year to, to maybe take the family. If you're looking for something, they're open. A lot of places aren't open yet. But if you're looking for an all-inclusive experience, take your family. Check out the Ridgecrest family getaways. I'm really looking at it for my family too. So uh, we'll have to see if I can make that happen. But uh, yeah. I'm excited about that. That sounds like a lot of fun. My kids would love it. And uh, just, you know, time to get away, slow things down a little bit and uh, get away from technology for a bit, get out in the outdoors. You know, it sounds like a, a good week to me. Yeah, that sounds like a great time. I hope that you and your family are able to to do that. I think that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. So I love the Blue Ridge Mountains and it's a, it's, I've always enjoyed my time at Ridgecrest. So uh, Black yep. Mountain, home of my favorite coffee shop in North Carolina. We've talked the about The Drippolator. The Drippolator. That's right. It's pretty okay. great. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. And uh, thanks to all who tuned in to the SBC Advance. Thousands and thousands of people tuned into that. And uh, that was exciting to see. And I cannot wait to see everybody in Nashville 
next year. So we'll see you next week. See you next week. 